Welcome to this week's episode of the Redeeming Productivity Show. Today, I'm joined by Krista Threlfall. Krista is a pastor's wife and mother of four, and she's the author of Come to Jesus, What If God Designs Your Days to Keep You Running Back to Him? She also runs the blog Brown Sugar Toast, where she writes about life and faith in Jesus. Krista, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. Well, we're glad you could be here. Uh, maybe we could start off and you could tell us a little bit more about yourself and your family. And I know you're a pastor's wife and you guys fairly recently moved um, to New Hampshire, right? Yes. Uh, let's see. October 2019. Wait, no, 2018. We moved. So we've been here just about 15 months and we actually just bought a house and moved last week. Um, so we're navigating all the newness of first time home ownership, um, because we've lived in a lot of different places, but this is the first time we've owned a home. So yeah, we're, we've been here. We love it. Uh, it's been a huge adjustment living in the South all our lives, but, um, but we love where God has placed us. That's really cool. Praise God. That's, it's exciting, uh, stepping into a new adventure. I'm sure. Yes. Yeah. Lots, lots to learn. Totally different climate than we're used to. <laughs> uh, so learning to, uh, you know, find our joy in God instead of the warm, sunny days. It's a real thing. <laughs> yeah, I believe it. I'm, we're from Michigan originally and we're living in Southern California now. So we've kind of uh, gone the opposite direction, but uh, it, it is tough fighting those winters. You guys yes. have snow, snow right now? Right now, yes, I'm looking out at snow and ice. The um, My kids are off school for the second day in a row, which is kind of a bigger deal to get off school up here. Yeah. So, well, you enjoy it as much as you can. Yes. Yeah, we are enjoying it for sure. <laughs> so Krista, I came across your name because of an article that was recently published on the Gospel Coalition titled, Personality Tests Don't Excuse Your Sin which, you know, is a well-titled article because that's exactly what it's about. Um, and I just thought it was so insightful and, and well-written, and I really wanted to talk with you about it, so I'm glad you're able to make the time. Um, so I guess maybe my, my first question about it is, what inspired you to want to write an article on personality tests? Oh, yeah. Well, um, I wrote this article from a place of personal struggle. Um, as you already mentioned, I am a pastor's wife, and um, especially when we moved here 15 months ago, and um, I had to meet a lot of new people, and it was totally out of my comfort zone, and um, I enjoy meeting new people, but I'm also a bit of an introvert, <laughs> and so um, sometimes meeting a lot of new people at the same time just makes me want to hide. And so I really started struggling through that issue and praying about it and talking a lot with my husband. Um, okay, this makes me really uncomfortable. Is this part of just part of my personality that I can lean into? Or is this something that I just need to recognize how uncomfortable it makes me, but also you know, surrender my preferences um, and just kind of by the spirit of God, break out of that and, and seek to reach out to others, even, even through the uncomfortable awkwardness. Um, so that's, 
that's why I wrote about it. Yeah. You know, like terms like, and you mentioned this in the article, introvert and extrovert and even Myers-Briggs tests and like the Enneagram's a popular one. Like a lot of that stuff is part of our, you know, popular nomenclature. Like everybody nowadays knows what an introvert and extrovert is and knows what they think that they are of those two. Mm -hmm. And uh, what, what I really appreciated about the article is that I know that I've done the same thing where I have leaned on kind of the kind of person that I think I am mm-hmm. to uh, to avoid situations that that I, I don't enjoy, you know, but yeah. I think it's a it's a helpful question to ask because you pointed out in the article that, um, you know, there's these commands of scripture, especially the one another commands mm-hmm. that uh, seem to uh, you know, contradict uh, if, if you're going to say that being an introvert means that you don't need to do those things, like that's not really a fair thing to say. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, and I, I think that personally, I have been helped by different tests. You know, I think before my husband and I got married, we took these, the Myers-Briggs um, personality tests, and it was helpful to see even um, different things that we thought about ourselves and about each other. Um, but it, you're right. It, it is a temptation to lean more heavily into that um, and kind of let that define us um, and define how we, how we relate to other people um, more than we allow scripture to define us. And so that's kind of, the place of personal struggle that I I've been thinking through and that I, I wrote from. So. Yeah, that's good. What aspects of like personality tests or those side of type of assessments do you think are helpful for Christians? I think it can be helpful to see how you naturally might respond in situations, whether you are more of a confrontational person or not just, you know, for an example, and to see, okay, maybe I do tend to be confrontational, and how does this come across to other people? Or maybe, maybe you don't tend to be confrontational, maybe you tend to be more of a peacemaker, and maybe there is, there are relationships in your life where you actually need to be more confrontational. Um, I, in the article, I referenced the passage in Hebrews where it talks about exhorting one another daily, um, lest any of us are hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. Mm-hmm. Um, that's uncomfortable. I, I think that's probably uncomfortable for anyone, no matter what their um, you know, personality or Enneagram test results reveal, but it's still a command in scripture. And so I think that it can be helpful when you see, okay, this is what my personality kind of naturally tends to be and maybe this is the way it can come across to people of other personalities and so now that I know that how can I um, inform my personality with scripture I know my tendency is to be maybe um, more of a peacemaker and so are there areas where I need to prayerfully be confrontational and you know exhort someone in my life rather than just leaning into my natural response to just make peace. 
Yeah, I think for for me, I've always been skeptical of the personality test things. And mm-hmm. that's probably because I'm an INTJ. <laughs> <laughs> that's a joke. That's just a, just nice. a joke. <laughs> um, but, you know, I that actually kind of a maybe unintended aspect of your article that I that was helpful to me is that I have a tendency to want to write off that stuff completely. Like as mm-hmm. totally because I guess because I've seen my own tendency to want to do this and see other people doing it to kind of justify not wanting to mortify sin in their life or not wanting to do the hard thing to stretch uh to be obedient to the Lord. And it, you helped me to understand and see more clearly that they can help you to be a better empathizer, to understand what other people are doing and to identify your own weaknesses. As long yes. as we don't elevate them to the place of, of scripture or an authority, like to understand they're just a man-made tool, um, but there can be something helpful about them. Yes. Yeah, for sure. And I think, I think that word tool is important to keep in mind in thinking about um, tests like that. Um, is that they can be incredibly helpful and insightful, even helping you realize things about yourself that you might not otherwise <laughs> realize, like pointing out blind spots. But, um, and this is, you know, sorry for the cheese here, but like the Bible is the only one size fits all tool for real, you know, and that's totally. the only, the only tool that can, you know, rebuke and exhort and encourage, um, so just keeping the personality tests in their proper place. Like it's a tool, but it's not useful for everything. What are some other specific ways we might try to justify our sin with personality tests? Do you have other ones? Um, I think, so since this came out of personal struggle, I'll speak to, um, you know, areas that I have kind of worked through it's easy for me to think of myself as just needing some alone time. And I, I do think that that is a helpful thing. Like I, you know, seek to have time alone with God and reading my Bible. And I also have four children. Um, and so, so especially, you know, they're ages three to 10 now. So they're coming out of the incredibly needy younger years Um, but sometimes there are things that you just have to do. (laughs) And, um, I think having children kind of makes, makes me realize, okay, this is not an option. I can't just check out and be like, all right, mom needs her introvert alone time here. Um, I need to, you know, feed the children or (laughs) clean up the mess or whatever. Um, but I think it's helpful to realize that with other relationships, that um, it can be a tendency to kind of check out and and use the excuse like I just need a little alone time. Um, I need to I need to introvert <laughs> right now. Um, and I think a lot of it comes down to denying ourselves and taking up our cross and following following Christ as He says to. Um, It doesn't mean that we don't ever accept the gift of rest that he offers. Um, But keeping that in in context with um, esteeming others better than ourselves and seeking to serve like Jesus did. That's really good. 
Um, I was sharing your article with some friends and uh, was chatting with some folks about it. Um, and several of my uh, guy friends, when I brought it up, said, oh, I, I got to share it with my wife. She's super into these, into personality tests. Do you think, uh, in, in your experience, is there a particular interest in personality tests among Christian women more than men? Uh, I, just, I just keep hearing that anecdotally from other people at my church. Hmm. Well, I don't, I don't know that I can speak to the men part, yeah. <laughs> uh, but I, I definitely, I mean, I definitely have seen that for myself. And then for a lot of my um, friends who are women, that there is definitely a tendency to kind of want to know where you fall yeah. and want to know what your number is, what your wing is. And even I've seen a lot of memes about like, okay, this is what, this number looks like when they go to target, (laughs) you know, like this is, this is how this number responds during the family gathering. And, um, I think, you know, again, that there can be a lot of truth to that. I I know that those are meant to be humorous as well, but that's again, where it's like, okay, well keep it in, keep it in its proper place. It's a tool. Yeah, Yeah, totally. Well, I, I just really appreciate it. I thought it's an excellent article. I'm going to link to it um, in the show notes here too, so folks can read it if they haven't yet. Uh, but I have some other questions for you. I I saw from that, so you that was posted on the Gospel Coalition website, but you also have your own blog, Brown Sugar Toast. I love the name, but maybe you could tell us a little bit about the blog and even about the name uh, there. Oh my, well, <laughs> you know, all, all things change over time. And um, this blog is something that I started nine years ago. Um, so, you know, I know that <laughs> you might be listening to this and thinking it's a ridiculous name and it's okay because I agree. <laughs> but <laughs> a lot of things change in just one year, you know, much less nine. Um, it started actually as a place for me to do more of, like lifestyle blog writing. And um, I would write about things, food or home or life, faith, children, things. Um, And then as the years went on, I discovered I enjoyed writing and mainly writing about how the Bible applies to real life. Um, And so it kind of morphed from a lifestyle blog to more of a blog focused on things of faith or reading, things like that. And the name um, came after a lot of failed attempts where I was trying to create something and it would say, we're sorry, that name's already been taken. Um, And so my husband's like, just think of something you really like. And so um, brown sugar toast, you know, toast butter and brown sugar on it. That was something that I liked as a kid. And you said you're from the South, right? Yes. Yes. (laughs) There you go. That is, that is where it came from. That's fun. Yeah. And do you think that some of like, how much has being a pastor's wife influenced your thinking and and the types of topics you're interested in, in writing about? Yeah, it definitely has. Um, and I, I think it's, also increased my desire to be really sensitive in the way that I approach things um, because I I am seeing things from different points of view and I know that I, I think the longer 
I work with people and the more I see their struggles up close, the more compassion God is working into my heart. And I, I pray that that just continues to be the case. Um, I think that there can be a lot of harshness in the writing world, in the blog world. Um, and I really pray that my writing can be biblical, but also gentle, um, coming as, you know, with the personality article, coming from a place of not like, hey, get your life together, <laughs> but hey, I am a fellow struggler. So like, let's link arms and walk closer to Jesus together. Um, so that's, that's how I, how I want my life to be and how I want my writing to flow out of that as well. And then you also, last year, you published a book, um, Come to Jesus, which I, I mentioned in the introduction. Um, can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. So uh, you mentioned the subtitle, um, What If God Designs Your Days to Keep You Running Back to Him? So the book kind of explores that question. It's often easy to take difficult things in our day, in our lives, and just use it as an opportunity to get frustrated or to send an upset text or to make a long post on social media. But I, I believe that God puts those things into our lives to draw us closer to him um, as a reminder that, hey, you can come to me. And so the book explores different things like um, loneliness and times of uncertainty and unbelief and just coming to Jesus through all of those times. And then at the end, I just explore who God is and who we are. And, and from the story of the prodigal son, the, the father just watching for that son to come and welcoming him with open arms. And that that's, that's God's position towards us as his children. I think it's often easy to view him as like standing there with arms crossed and um you know waiting for the perfect apology um but jesus is the one telling the story about the prodigal son and his father and um and that's his position to us is just open arms watching and um, waiting for us to come and welcoming us with that unconditional love now that's that's really good yeah i can totally um, empathize with that. You kind of feel like sometimes you have to, you have to get the repentance exactly right. And you almost feel like you have to, uh, beat yourself up enough if, as a sort of a form of penance or something before mm -hmm. you come to him. And, uh, and that's just not the case with the gospel. Yes. Yeah. And I was just reading in Romans eight today, and that is such a power packed, um, chapter. Um, but that, in verse 31 and 32, if God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all. How will he not also with him graciously give us all things? Hmm. Just so good. Like letting that, letting my mind and soul kind of marinate in that for a while, rather than my own thoughts about who, who God is. Um, it's just good to think truth. Yeah, absolutely. You know, you know, it being in kind of the productivity space, one of the things 
that I think we're given to is, as, as Christians or anybody who's interested in kind of like, you know, having, having a greater impact with their life is you, you really value control over things. So you value the, that you've organized your time really well, or you have the, these tasks you're going to work on. And God sends interruptions that were unplanned for and are maybe to our earthly lives unproductive, you know, mm -hmm. and that's one of the things I'm always struggling with the tension there of, I, I want to make the plan. I want to, you know, strive towards these, these goals that I think are, are good, but then the interruptions come, you know, or, or you get a phone call and someone needs something from the church or whatever it is. And you, your tendency is to, or at least mine is to kind of sin and, and grumble and complain about that. Mm -hmm. But it sounds like even with your book that you're saying like these interruptions, these frustrations, these tough things in life are providence from God to lead him back or lead you back to him. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And just keeping that in, in our minds that this is not an accident. This is the providence of the Lord. And just a reminder that I'm not in control. He is. And his control is good. I also, Krista, wanted to talk to you about your own productivity. And before we started recording, you laughed um, when I said that. And I, I totally understand that. People always say to me, because I have this podcast and the blog, they're like, oh, yeah, you're the, you're the productive guy. I'm like, no, no, no. I'm the guy who talks about productivity. <laughs> I think I should be the one at it. questions. <laughs> no, not at all. But I mean, just from, and this isn't, I'm an outsider looking in, but you have, you're raising four children. That is more than a full-time job. You are running this blog. You have a newsletter. You somehow found the time to put a book together. And plus all, all the ways that you're, you're supporting your family and um, helping with the church. So uh, my question to you is like, what do you do to keep yourself organized, to not go crazy with all of that? How, how are you finding time? Maybe I'll start with a simple question. How did you find time to write the book in the midst of all these other things? Well, um, you know, the book writing coincided with my husband working on his PhD. Um, and so he was working on his dissertation. <laughs> and um, so after I would put my kids to bed, at night, he would often work on his dissertation, and I would work on my book. <laughs> Just family um, writing time, like every, like every normal couple. <laughs> right, right. Now, we are both thankful that, that by the Lord's grace, he has graduated, and those times <laughs> are over. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, that is, I did writing late at nights, and I did writing during my kids' nap time, like afternoon rest time. And it took a long time to write and it's not a large book. <laughs> so, so um, you know, I, I think I had an, another mom ask me similar question after the article came out on TGC. Um, how are you doing all of this? How are you moving? And, mm -hmm. and I told her, I don't do all those things in one day. Like it took me, months to write that article literally i'm not even being modest i'm just uh, like the it's true i have i have four kids i have a husband and i i'd like to keep him <laughs> um and 
I want to um, reach out to people in my community and in my church as well. Um, so I want to have deeper relationships with real life people than I do with, um, say, internet people. Does that make mm -hmm. sense? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and so I, um, I guess I always want to make sure that that people I see face to face come first. Um, but yeah, to answer your question, I, I usually try to write um, either in the afternoons or evenings after my kids are in bed. And is that still, even now that the book's over, is that still most days you're doing that, just chipping away at, at an article here and there? You know, for the last, we, we uh, bought a house New Year's Eve. And so for the last five weeks, that has been pretty much all my free time. <laughs> it's been either thinking, moving, organizing, unpacking. Um, I suppose that's understandable. <laughs> that, yes, but before that, um, I made a goal um, even, I think it was October, just to write 30 minutes every day. Mm -hmm. um, and sometimes that is just what I have to do, just kind of make a, a hard goal for myself. Um, and really try to stick to that, whether it's early morning or evening, um, because that's usually the only, only free time that I have. But it really is something that I, I want to be faithful in. I kind of view it as, um, you know, the parable of the talents where God gives these different talents to, to different men and some of them one of them just buries, buries it instead of mm -hmm. using it. And um, I've struggled with that a lot over the last nine years with like doubt and insecurity. And I don't know what I, who am I to think I should write this? Like, mm -hmm. who do I think I am to publish a book? And, um, and God keeps bringing me back to like, no, you're, you're not, you're not anyone, but I use weak people <laughs> um, to showcase my strength. And so just constantly dying to self and trying to be faithful to use what he's given me. Um, so that's kind of the, the heart and the struggle behind writing. Yeah, no, that's so, that is so critical. And I'm glad you shared that. Uh, that's, that's one of the things I think is so important as, as Christians and especially as we're trying to, you hit the nail on the head. It's stewardship. Like I want to do something with this little life of mine for the Lord. You know, I, I'm, I'm not just sitting here waiting around to to die and be with him once I've, you know, trusted in Christ. Like there's, there's work to be done, but trying to be faithful with that is so important. And I was going to ask you, you know, why even bother? Because yeah. that's one of the things like there, you have such little free time, especially I, I imagine at this, this, um, phase of life for you that like you could totally be just you know spending that all of that time on yourself and relaxing and nobody nobody would judge you and so like I guess maybe you already talked about it but what drives you to want to keep doing that when it would be easier not to again that's something that I've struggled with a lot over the years and I'll go in and out with okay why why am I doing this and I, I talk through a lot, everything with my husband, and he has been so helpful to me over the years um, with just bringing me back to, okay, well, 
why are you doing this? Are you just doing this for people's comments? Mm -hmm. um, because for a while I was like, no one's interacting. <laughs> why even write? Yeah. <laughs> no one's commenting. And so um, he would help me help me think through that. Okay, well, if you're only doing it for people's comments, then that's not a good reason to do it. Yeah. Um, and so I, I've basically come down to um, the fact that I, I do believe that this is a gift that God has given that I want to steward well. Um, and so whether it's with my blog or my newsletter or um, just like through Instagram, I want that to be um, just an overflow of like me my, it, through my, through the lens of my personality. There you go again. Um, just viewing God's, God's gifts, trying to view life through the lens of my personality, but also, um, sorry, I, I don't even know where I was going. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. Well, you know, I think, I think that we got the, the idea. Okay. That, that is... I, don't I, <laughs> I don't know if I did or not, but um, anyway. Well, I, think, I think that that's absolutely, what you're getting at is so critical to understand. And this is, I think, I know I've struggled with this and tons of people I've talked to who are doing any, especially with writing, but even, you know, I went to seminary myself and I have a lot of friends that are preachers is you struggle with this, this sense of why why should anybody listen to me? Like, what do I actually have to offer? Mm -hmm. And the truth is one, like you can kind of answer it in the obvious way that, well, I, you know, I have nothing to offer, you know, I'm just a humble servant, but it, it's also true that as you bring the word of God to people and represent it to them, whether it's through a blog, through a coffee conversation or preaching a sermon, the fact that it is coming through the lens of your own personality is important because there is, in, in making us unique, God has given us different perspectives and different aspects of how we look at things. And maybe the way that you talk through how you've thought through a Bible verse, um, it, it's not that you came up with a different meaning for it, but that you you're seeing it from a slightly different angle than this other person. And maybe that's exactly how God and his providence wants to use you to influence this person and help them to, to see um, him in a new way or um, some aspect of their, of their life and of their sanctification that they need to work on like that. I think that's easy to discount and, and maybe makes people kind of um, paralyzed in wanting to write or create or even talk to people about those things. But if, if like you were talking about, you know, the, the scriptures, like it says in Hebrews, like exhorting one another, like there's so much of the Christian life where it is, we're called to talk to each other about these truths. Mm -hmm. um, it's not just, we tell everyone, just read the Bible, read the Bible. We don't need to talk about these things. There is mm -hmm. something in the way that God has designed the church where we need to hear them and be reminded of them and hear them through other people in the church. Um, so that's in my own little mini servant. I don't know where I'm going with that, but um, I, I totally, what you're saying totally resonates with me because we, we, we need to speak up and we need to be doing it for the right reasons, as you said, but we can't um, be silent and, and say, well, I've got nothing. I, I don't need to be exhorting others. I don't need to be, you know, um, speaking truth to, to other believers uh, because, you know, I'm just little old me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah, and I think like God did a lot of work in my heart just through the process of writing that book and and writing even blog posts, revealing a lot of pride Hmm. um, because I was concerned about the results um, and thinking, okay, well, I don't want to write something and then it be a flop. And, and like, if I publish this, then people will read it and judge me <laughs> by it. And they'll think like, the things that I'm saying are just so obvious or ridiculous. Like, why would she even bother to write it out? <laughs> um, and really, it's a, a step of faith to do something when you don't know the end results. Mm. Um, and it's uh, like a work of pride. Um, for me to refuse to do something because I don't know how it's going to end up. Um, and so the, God just kept revealing that to me over and over again, that, um, hey, this is, you, your spot, response is to trust and obey me. Um, so are you going to do that? Or are you out of pride and out of fear um, just going to hold back because you don't know how this will end up? And in the end, it was it was a matter of surrender. Like, okay, God, your way is better than mine. I don't know how this will how this will end up, um, but I'm trusting that this is what you want me to do, and I want to be obedient to that. Um, so, man, I feel like that whole process of writing and publishing um, was just really a work of sanctification in my own heart. Let me ask you this on the topic of kind of um, productivity still. What, how do you, four kids is a lot. <laughs> I have one and it is, it's a handful already. How do you kind of manage their schedules and keep all that stuff straight? Do you guys do like a, a kitchen calendar or um, I don't know, like what are the ways in which you make sure that you don't lose one of the, the children <laughs> at the supermarket and stuff, you know, how do you keep that all organized? Well, okay, as far as their schedule, my oldest is 10. And um, so they're all pretty much like, I, I, before we moved here, I homeschooled them. But now that we're here, there's a school um, connected to our church. So my oldest two go there. Um, and then my, I, I homeschool my third. And then obviously my three-year-old is home with me. So their, their schedule is pretty much it's pretty simple right now. We don't have like, you know, sports teams or whatever. And <laughs> as far as, as far as keeping them together in the supermarket. <laughs> I don't I mean, know why I asked that. <laughs> um, leashes. Yeah. No. Four, four leashes coming <laughs> off the shopping cart from each corner. I can picture that. <laughs> no, I mean, you know, um, we try to teach them to obey <laughs> and to stay with us. Um, so, yeah, I don't. <laughs> happy to go and go into more detail there. <laughs> I think that's such parenthood is such a critical um, part of of our stewardship of our whole lives. You know, like I'm I'm yes. starting I'm on the front end of it, starting to see that. Like I have always kind of had goals for myself and how, how I saw that, you know, maybe the Lord would use me to do this or this, but coming to see 
that one of the most important stewardships you'll ever be handed in life isn't like these big, huge things you're going to do as an individual, but it's raising these little people to uh, love and adore Christ. And I know I've struggled with this and other parents I've talked to, if, if you're driven to kind of want to do big things, uh, sometimes you can forget that it, the, one of the biggest things you'll ever do is raising the next generation. Um, how do you think about that, the, the stewardship of raising your kids as part of, um, of your life? I totally agree that that is, that is one of my highest callings and it is a matter of stewardship. I can't make my kids follow Christ, but I can try to live in a way that shows Christ as he really is, gracious heavenly father who offers us forgiveness through Christ. So I, um, yeah, I, I am very, very passionate about um, training my kiddos to love the Lord. And, and I can't reach their heart, but I can pray to a God who can. Mm. And um, I can give them God's word. And so like we have um, God's word, like we, we memorize it together. Um, we we're teaching our kids right now to how to go through the Psalms and look for truths about God and, you know, got them their own notebooks so they can write that out. Um, so I, I think also it's really important to train your kids at a young age um, to obey. And um, I think that there is in I think there can be a big emphasis on reaching their heart, um, which is important. Um, but you'll never reach their heart if they never listen to you. Hmm. <laughs> and um, so that is something that I really work with my kids on. And my husband and I um, try to help our kids to obey the first time. Um, rather than it just being, you know, a repeated, 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 and eventually dad and mom's words mean nothing. Yeah. Uh, but um, really stressing that, hey, this is, this is God's command to daddy and mommy. Um, and he, he tells us to teach you to obey. And so we are trying to be obedient to our heavenly father, just like you need to obe be obedient to us. Yeah, and you're helping them to understand that it's not, it's not arbitrary, that that there is there's a bigger connection to to God even in the discipline at a young age. That's so critical. It is. It is. Yeah, and I think it puts, you know, requiring kids to obey, you know, the first time. It really puts the burden on the parents, um, to make to first of all, be sure that the command that you're giving them is something you actually want them to do enough that you're going to follow through with it. Yeah. Yeah. Consistency, right? Like actually every time doing oh, it. Consistency is like the name of the game, especially with, with younger years. Right. <laughs> um, because there's, there's so much, it's such a learning time. Um, but the Lord is, is gracious to teach teach us as parents as we try to teach our kids to 
Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, with all this stuff, it's, I mean, faithfulness is the name of the game, right? right. Like I, I love that you emphasize that like at the end of the day, it's, you can't reach their heart. You can aim for the heart. You can do these things, but it's, it's going to be up to God to enliven them and, and open their eyes to the truth. And that, but you can, you can do, you can be faithful in how you discipline, how you train them up. Um, yeah. and at the end of the day, it's, it's just trusting the Lord for the results. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. That's, that's very true. Yeah. I remember, I think we had our son, my son Watson, it was probably in the first week we had him home from the hospital and he was up in the night or it was early morning. I can't remember. That's all a blur. Um, yeah. but I remember sitting, holding him and I was sitting on the couch and I remember just praying because I was just thinking about him and about raising him and the huge responsibility that I was holding in this little body <laughs> and, yeah. and praying, Lord, would you, would you save this little child? Would you lead him to Christ? Would you show him who you are and help him to understand and help me to, to do and be faithful to you and how I raise him? And just, you know, you, you know, like theologically, that you're not in control of someone else's salvation. Uh, but man, it comes home when it's this little person that you care so much for, and you know that you, you've been entrusted by God to raise them. But at the end of the day, um, you, you need him. Uh, it's going to be him who's, who's going to awaken that little heart. And yeah, it, it's, a, it's a tall order and humbling. Yes. Yeah, definitely makes makes me desperate for the Lord's grace and strength and wisdom. You know, James 1, where it talks about if any, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God. Um, and he's never going to be like, okay, why are you asking again? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> didn't I give you wisdom last week? <laughs> right, right. He, he gives it to people who ask in faith. He gives it generously. And um, I claim that verse so many times with with parenting and my husband and I will pray together just begging God for for wisdom to know and and we pray that with our kids sometimes you know different discipline situations I'll tell them sometimes hey mommy doesn't even I don't know what to do let's mm -hmm. let's pray and ask God um and and I was just talking with one of my kids a few days ago um we're struggling a lot with fighting. <laughs> and, um, I was, I was asking them, what, what can we do to help you be kind? Um, and we were talking about how it's something that God has to do in, in his life. God has to change his heart. Mommy can't do that. I can't change his heart and he can't change his heart. And I even will talk with them about, you know, you can even say the right things and without your heart actually meaning them hmm. um and that that's not what what i want <laughs> yeah. i want them to to mean it when they say it and so we're just he and i prayed together that that god would change his heart and help him to have a heart like jesus that that loves loves his enemies um loves his brother and sister <laughs> which, who sometimes can act like enemies <laughs> <laughs> That's so cool. Yeah. And all those, and all those little things, it's like you said with the title of your book, it's, it's the Lord calling us to come to Jesus. Just yes. you, you need help. You, 
you have a uh, an advocate there for um, when it's sin, and you have um, a gracious heavenly Father who wants to give you wisdom, who wants to uh, care for you, and uh, yeah, it's it's so important to be reminded of that. Um, Chris, I really appreciate you taking the time today uh, to be with us. Um, this has been a really fun conversation, and I'm sure um, folks are going to benefit from it. What is the best way for people to keep up uh, with what you're doing online? Well, uh, I send a monthly newsletter um, the first Friday of every month, and that is between that and then Instagram. Those are my most current um, modes. <laughs> nice. And they can sign up for the newsletter at Brown Sugar Toast. You got it. All right. I will link to both of those and to the book in the show notes. Um, Krista, thanks again. Really appreciate you. Um, hope you can stay warm there in the uh, snowfall. Hey, thank you. And thanks for your ministry and just for being faithful in what God has called you to do. 